From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're discussing the importance of vulnerability and its power to create a shift in your marriage. Brene Brown has this to say about vulnerability. She says, vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It is our greatest measure of courage. Mm. And that's what we're wrapping today's whole show around. But first, we start each One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And a hug is an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the one family who's, whose marriage has experienced transformation or who has had an insight on how to do something a little bit better in their marriage. And this week's hug is brought to you by the Position of the Month Club. And we're going to be sharing more about this club and how it's transforming marriages later in the show. The hug came from an email that we received that sa- started with, every new episode is another reason to be thankful for you and what you do. Mm. I wanted to offer you an idea that was prompted by episode 522, Love Language. It can be all too easy to sincerely offer love in a way that you are inclined to give or would like to receive, but that doesn't resonate with your partner the way that you intended. I had the idea to create a wish list that my wife and I share. For us, it's in a Google Doc sheet. We filled out our list with things, experiences, acts of love, etc., that would be special for each of us. And at least once a week, we go to the list and pick a wish to grant for each other. Mm. It's helpful for those times that she's had a rough day with the kids or I've had an especially long day at work and we want to do something for each other. Where before I would buy her a gift, my giving language, or offer her a massage, touch being my receiving language. Now it's helpful to look at her wish list and be reminded that she really responds better to quality time or acts of service. Which he wasn't doing either of those before. So that, that's, that's awesome. I love this list. But listen to what he says here. He says, the gift may stress her out about our budget and the m- massage might come across as trying to get someone she's not up to it. But doing the dishes that's on her list and where she might have taken out the trash for me and have been hurt when I densely missed the gestures meeting, meaning... She can look at the list and see that cuddling on the couch for the evening would mean more to me. As a nice bonus, it can also be a fun way to initiate. Yeah. It's been such a great tool for us that I couldn't help but share it. Thanks again for all you do for the one family. God bless you both. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, what a tool that anybody can pick up and just go, hey, here it is. Let's make our list. It's in Google Docs or wherever is best for you guys. I mean, there's many different platforms. Put it where is best for you guys. And use it because I just love again where he was he was sharing how he was showing his love mm-hmm. and yet when he got the list he really saw wow quality time and those acts of service are really gonna mean mean a lot. So I love it. Love you guys too. Absolutely. And and I love that they call it their wish list because one of the things I didn't share um, that just made me think of when you were talking about that is that they because they share the document, they go in and see when it says a note that says wish granted. And so one or the other knows what's coming because it says wish granted. So just, just a fun way to do that. Um, but as we jump into today's show, Tony opened today, you know, talking about the fact that we're discussing vulnerability. And, you know, last week we talked about rejection and what came out of that. So many responses really prompted this show, mm-hmm. really made us realize that, that wrapped around rejection, we also need to talk about vulnerability because so many people are living in this place of feeling rejected 
and struggling with vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Be, you know, they, they really do kind of walk hand in hand. So if you're wondering why the shows are back to back, that's why. And before we start today's show, I do want to, I, I want to give us a definition. Vulnerability is one of those words that has a lot of different nuances and meanings. And, and the two of you may even first and foremost this week need to have a talk about what does it mean to be vulnerable mm-hmm. in your marriage. But for the purposes of the show, we're going to use vulnerability defined as the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. Vulnerability is an awareness that in exposing a part of ourselves that we could be harmed by the person that we're sharing ourselves with. Mm-hmm. And in marriage, who's that person that we could be harmed by? Our spouse. Exactly. It's Which is where the rejection comes in. Bingo. And that puts couples in this never-ending cycle of arguments or silence, anger, disconnect. And it's, it's those marriages that you know that are held captive by fear or awkwardness or stress. And in all honesty, it's putting a ceiling on your marriage and what the two of you were designed for. Mm-hmm. And, and this has been a challenge. I mean, we have gone through many iterations of vulnerability in our own marriage. Oh, totally. I mean, I think when we first got married, there was always a, oh my gosh, we can say anything, do anything, tell each other everything and anything. And yet I feel like we didn't do that early on. Mm-hmm. Maybe when we were dating, we, we were there. I think we, our, our toes were in, maybe even like into like our knees, maybe our waist, we're, we're in. And yet there's still a little bit of us going back and forth. When we first got married though, I feel like we, we pulled ourselves way out of the water. Well, and I think, you know, and I've heard this from a lot of newlyweds. I think we experienced it ourselves. It's like, okay, we're committed, but, but I still have some baggage. Yeah. I still have those skeletons in the closet and, and I know we said I do. And I know we're, you know, we've said we're in this for the long haul, but what if I, what if I tell you that I overspent? How do I know how you're really going to react? And it's been time for us to learn what it looks like to be vulnerable. Even in our own marriage, 23 years married now, you know, it, we, we took steps towards it. I, I will say there were times when the kids were younger, we would get vulnerable and real, especially I think in those, those days is when we were angry with each other. Maybe mm-hmm. we got into fights mm-hmm. with one another. That's when the, the real vulnerability would come out. You know, you just have the, the cries going on and you're just, you're just spilling your heart mm-hmm. and, and you just want your spouse to know what's happening. And we, we did that. I think the next step for us was definitely the 60 days of sex challenge mm-hmm. that really stretched our vulnerability, both in a, from an emotional place as well as a sexual place. Um, even a little bit prior to that, our, our financial intimacy, the vulnerability of us being willing to sit down together and say, we, we have an issue. We have a lot of debt. We're drowning here and it's, it's impacting our lives, like getting vulnerable about by opening up the books mm-hmm. per se, like opening up the checking account together, opening up the credit card statements together, looking at the past due phone bills together and going, oh my gosh, we're getting vulnerable. And then I would say, as we started the One Extraordinary Marriage show, you know, when, when we started, I remember hearing distinctly from God going, you need to be open, honest, and transparent. And that's what I want you to do. And walking that has been a a journey of being able to, how do we get open, honest, and transparent? I remember many years ago, and I don't remember the actual episodes, but I just remember we did an episode 
And I forget where the tension was, but as soon as I got off that, that episode, I, I felt like there was a real stirring in me. And so the next week we came on and, and the reason I came on is because I didn't share that I had paid for an abortion at the age of 18 when I got my girlfriend pregnant. And I remember going, I can't share this with the one family. They're, they're, they're not going to want to hear that. And yet when I did, oh my gosh, it just opened me up. It freed me up. Elisa had known about that, but we, we got to talk about that again mm-hmm. and, and share. And, and, and then there came a point in time when we were reading Bo's Cafe. And I, and I love that book. I'll put a link to that book here in the episode notes. And in Bo's Cafe, it's a, it's a nonfiction book, right? No, it is fiction. It's fiction, not true. And in that book, there are just n- numerous characters and I could relate to one of the characters and how he was trying to control everything and he put masks on. And, and there's a line in that book that's said over and over again. It's like, we, we, we're loved more. You know, when we take off our masks, we're loved more, not less. Mm-hmm. And that hit me because I was like, what masks am I wearing? And can I, if I take these masks off, Will Elisa love me more and not less? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, I think back to that episode that we did when when Tony had gotten off and said, um, I, I should have mentioned the abortion and, and all the conversation. I mean, at that point in time, we were only doing one show a week. And there were many conversations that week when he's like, this is what I want to talk about. And I said, okay, but but we have to understand that we have a lot of people in our audience that feel very strongly one way or another about abortion. And as a team, we have to be prepared for that vulnerability. And what's that going to look like for us? But, but it was that unity. And it was the decision that we made that, you know, while it's been easier to stuff a lot of things, and you all know that, it is easier to stuff. That's, you know, when we're like, mm, this might be too risky. I don't want to be harmed by the person that I think loves me. So I'm just going to stuff it. And we've done that for years. We all have. This is not something that, that is unique to Tony and Elisa. I know no, there are a lot of you right no. now shaking your head and you're like, yeah, I'm a stuffer. But the problem is, is that when we stuff, when we say, you know what, I can't be vulnerable when we don't address things, you know, and, and we think, well, you know what, this is only like, I'm just going to hold on to this. This is nobody else's problem. And, and we think we're, we're making things easier. It's actually making things worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our lack of vulnerability is actually so destructive because you can only stuff emotions, you can only stuff your feelings for so long until the stuff starts to explode and it gets really ugly and messy, or you've stuffed so much, you've stopped feeling, you've stopped expressing your feelings that your feelings actually go dead. And and that's where phrases come out. Like, I don't know if I'm in love with you anymore. I think I've fallen out of love. And, And part of that comes out of this place of I'm no longer vulnerable with you. And so there's this tension of how do we do this? And I, I love it. Brene Brown, she did this TED talk on the power of vulnerability and we'll make sure to link to it. But she, she made the comment in there and, you know, it blew me away. She said, you know, we're, we're living in a place where we are trying so hard to numb the, the, the vulnerability, to numb that, that pain, to, to just try and suppress it, that we are the most in debt most obese, most addicted, most medicated cohort ever. Think about it. We're doing all of these things because we're afraid to be real, because it's not safe to be real. And the problem is, is that when you numb all of that stuff, like I just keep suppressing, then you also lose your ability 
to be happy, to feel happiness, to feel joy, to be creative, because you can't selectively, I love how she puts it. She's like, you can't selectively suppress emotions. Mm. I mean, we talk about this, like I know in past shows when we've talked about like antidepressants and things like that, like they'll numb everything. They don't just numb the feelings of depression. They just kind of lower everything. And those of you that I've talked to that have been on antidepressants or anti-anxiety, you talk about that numbness. And so some of you, because of the fear of vulnerability, you're just numbing everything. And then other people are in this place of, you know what, I can't be vulnerable, so I'm just going to pretend. I'm going to pretend that it's all perfect. I'm going to you know, put that perfect Instagram shot or, or the perfect ha- you know, hashtag, or, or you're going to show up for church on a Sunday morning and everybody's just going to be wearing, wearing their smile. Mm-hmm. Because it hurts too much to say, you know what? We just had a knockdown, drag out fight, screaming at each other in the car. You're afraid of, of the judgment or of what other people are going to think. And so you keep it inside and you're spending so much energy. You want to know why we're so tired all the time? Collectively as a society, part of it's because we're hiding all our feelings. Yeah. And that stress just wears us out. Absolutely. The... the we here in the one family, and I, I've seen it more and more recently, are becoming a movement of people, of couples specifically, who are stepping into this place where they take off their masks, mm-hmm. where it comes out and says, you know what? Yeah, I am overwhelmed. I do feel stress. I'm dealing with anxiety. I, I struggle with, with you know, having to deal with conversations about body image or or, you know, the affair that happened or pornography or our past, like that's real. And I'm struggling with this. And the most powerful thing that I see collectively in the one family is that you're saying, but I don't want to stay here. Correct. That's the big thing, man. We're going to be, we're intentional and we're taking action because we don't want to stay in this place of where we're allowing, we're, we're, we're allowing ourselves to stuff everything down and not be vulnerable with our spouse and even with ourselves. Sometimes it's just with ourselves. We got to be real with ourselves. So that way we can engage in and have that extraordinary marriage we desire with our spouse. See, we live in a world that, you know, whether it's social media or, you know, magazines or whatever, everything is about the facade. Airbrush, Photoshop. I mean, how many different filters are there on your phone to make you look, you know, all smooth, super thin, perfect hair, you know, to put, to put a filter on the, the filter can make you look thin. I'm sure there is. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there is. I, yeah. want, I want that filter. Cause your face is so chubby. Like what? what is... No, no. I just would like to see what it would do. Oh, I'm like, you'd be like a toothpick if you got like, I didn't, I just didn't know they had but, those, but there are filters that, you know, if you want like London, I, I don't, or Paris. I don't know what that means when like I swipe across my phone and it just puts a different filter on it. But, but apparently, you know, it looks, the light looks different in London or Paris or Oslo or Tokyo, right? We put filters on everything because, because that's the world that we live in. We, we, we step up into this place where we actually have to use a hashtag on the pictures that have no filter because it's so rare that we wouldn't use a filter that we would take off the masks on our pictures. Mm-hmm. And yet that picture that has no filter, that's the world that we live in. We need to step into this place where we say, you know what? I can live a no filter life. 
I can choose to be vulnerable, even when it's hard, even when there is risk involved, because that goes back to that quote from Brene, where she talks about the courage, right? She talks about, and I just want to get back up to it here, that it's the courage to show up and be seen when you have no control over the outcome. You don't know how you're going to be received. But let me tell you something. When you get into this place, and we're going to talk about how to do this in a couple minutes, but when you get into this place where you say, you know what, I'm going to be authentically me, mm-hmm. there's a shift that happens in you. There is an empowerment that happens when you say, you know what, I- I'm going to start to get to know the real me. Part of being the ability to be vulnerable with others is the ability to be vulnerable with yourself. To say, who, who is this person in the mirror? Who is she? Who is he? What do I like about this person? What do I want to improve? Don't, don't start telling yourself what you don't like. like stop. Because mm-hmm. I know a few of you just looked at yourselves in the mirror and you're like, mm, my hair is not the greatest. I got a few wrinkles. Stop that. Stop it. If there's something that you want to improve, then address it as something you want to improve, not something that you don't like about yourself. Your ability to be vulnerable is so dependent on your ability to look at the person in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm going to be real with you first. Because when you can be real with you, guess what? You can take your real you and go be vulnerable with other people. But if you look at the mirror and you're like, well, maybe I need a softer light. Maybe I shouldn't use the magnifying mirror because... And uh, just reminds me, I was in a hotel uh, a couple of weeks ago with our daughter, Abby. And she's like, oh my gosh, mom. She's so excited. She's like, mom, there's a magnifying mirror in the bathroom. Cause she's all about makeup and stuff like that. And she's like glued to the magnifying mirror, putting on her makeup and doing all this kind of stuff. She's like, mom, you need to use the magnifying mirror. Now I am 31 years older than my daughter. So when I look at the magnifying mirror, I see a much different face than what her sweet, you know, young teenage self sees. And so I had to face who I was in the magnifying mirror and still be good with it. Yeah. And and that's actually where this whole idea of vulnerability, like what does the magnifying glass look like? And can you be okay with what's in the magnifying glass? Mm. So let's talk about this. Let's get into tackling this and, and how this all comes together in marriage, in your relationships. But first we want to thank this week's sponsor and that's the position of the month club. And the position of the month club is the number one community for couples who want better sex in and out of the bedroom. It's a community of folks who uplift and encourage each other. And if I could really add, it is a place where people take off their masks and are willing to be vulnerable in a safe environment. Mm -hmm. We've seen so much breakthrough with the couples who are like, you know what? I've never talked about sex with anybody, but but I've been watching these posts and I can talk about it here or I've never known how to ask my spouse to initiate. And because I've heard other people talk about how they initiate, I can, I I know I can do it. Mm -hmm. There's such a sense of, I know I can do it because other people can do it within the club. And that's one of the things that, that blesses Tony and I. Yeah, totally. About the the club and about the summit partners specifically. But I, I don't want you to just take our word for it. I don't want you to just hear these stories. We want you to experience it yourself. And you can you go to positionofthemonthclub.com because it's more than just a position each month. You are going to get a new position each month. I'm telling you. Which is fun. It's fun. Yeah. And that's actually part of the vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. Can you go try a new position with your spouse? It's all the resources and the community that matter. So join now at positionofthemonthclub.com. So first, as you're thinking about being vulnerable in your marriage and your relationships, I want you to know that inside each one of you 
is courage. Mm -hmm. You have the ability to step out and step forward. And courage, I want to be real clear. Courage is not the ability to be a superhero that like leaps, you know, from tall buildings in a single bound. You know, it's not the hero with the cape. It's the wife that says, can we have a talk about our finances? Mm -hmm. It's the husband that says, I need to talk to you about what I've been viewing online. Those are, those are steps of courage and it actually exists inside each and every one of you. Mm -hmm. It's the ability to ask the question, may I share my opinion with you? I see things a little differently. Can we have a conversation about this? You, you may have been told that, you know what, you're not bold or you're not brave or, or you may have had those words spoken over you at some point in time in your life. And I'm here to tell you, those are all lies. It does exist in you. You have within you courage. Yeah. And another thing that you need to know in this place of being vulnerable is that your spouse is dealing with their own stuff. I can think of countless conversations where I've wanted to bring something up to Tony and, and I've talked myself out of it cause I'm like, Oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know how he's going to respond. And this could, this could go bad quickly. And you know, turns out that, that I could have stepped there, but the, the vibe that I got from him wasn't about me. It was about the fact that he was stressed out about his own stuff, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that until after. I didn't know that those times when he was being short with me, not every time, sometimes he's just short with me, but sometimes it was because he was dealing with his own insecurities. He was dealing with his own fear of being vulnerable. And that's the same thing that's happening in your marriage. Now there's a wrestling going on, right? There's, there's definitely a time where you will see maybe one of you or both of you, and you're looking at this place of vulnerability and there's a wrestle going on and Knowing that your spouse may be going through their own time is is a big help for you to take the courageous leap. And maybe it's not even a leap. It's really a step. You may feel like it's this big chasm that you got across, and yet it's just one step closer to your spouse. Mm-hmm. And what can happen is it breaks down the walls. It takes off the masks. You are loved more not less for, for making that step. It may be scary in that moment. And yet I will tell you every time I've taken that step, growth has happened. And I'm not saying it happened right in that moment. And I'm not saying there wasn't some trials that came with the, with the opening of my mouth and sharing what was going on. And yet every time I've done it, there has been a place where I've looked back and go, I'm glad I shared that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I opened my mouth and allowed Elisa in. I'm glad I took off that mask. Sometimes I, you, you even have to do it for yourself. You just need to speak it and go, this is not who I am anymore. And this is where I'm walking into because internally you need to know that you have the courage to, to make that step. It's, it's such an interesting place to go into when you're choosing to be vulnerable because your body will be telling you all over the place. Don't do it. Don't oh, yeah. do it. Don't do it. You, uh, how many times have you all heard Tony say on a podcast that when he had to bring something up to me, his palms get all sweaty. Still do. It still does. 
right? Or I'll go silent where I'm just trying to process something. We're not even in an argument, but I'm just like, okay, how am I going to bring this up? How am I going to bring this up? Your body will tell you when you're resisting vulnerability. And you have to be aware of that. You have to start breathing again. Because so often, you know, we have this this thing, whatever the elephant in the room is, and it feels like it's pushing us up against the walls and we stop breathing. Like our body feels like it's pinned in place and we stop breathing. And the fact of the matter is, is that you've got to get both hands behind that elephant. You got to start pushing back and you got to say, you know what? I need some air to breathe. And you've got to take, you've got to take action to change your body. Mm-hmm. So much can happen when you do that because it, it actually gives you a space to step into, okay, what is this going to look like? Why am I doing this? And that is probably one of the biggest things is that, you know, you need to take a look at your marriage and say, why does it matter that I'm vulnerable? Oh, it matters. Believe me. If you want to experience the love and the excitement and the, the joy for many years to come, I believe we have to be vulnerable with our spouses. We have to be willing to, to step into that place. And sometimes you may not be able to do it by yourself. Or as a couple, you may not be able to do that by yourself. Get a coach, find a therapist, go to counseling. If you want to do coaching with Elisa, go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash coaching. Check it out. Take that step. But I will tell you, that's what's going to allow you to go until death do us part. When we said that in our vows, to be able to walk life together until death do us part is being able to go... I'm, I'm willing to be vulnerable with you all the way through. Cause if not bitterness will come in, mm-hmm. offense will come in, unforgiveness will come in and all of those will stress you out and not allow you to breathe and take those steps you need to do, need to take to be one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of a conversation I had with a, with a new coaching client the other day. And he said, you know, I've never shared what I'm about to share. And I said, well, before you share it, let me ask you a question. I go, what's different now? Mm. And he said, can't live like this anymore. And that may be where some of you are. You may have listened to this show and you're like, you know, and I can't hold it in anymore. I can't keep living behind this facade because it's too heavy. I, I can't keep juggling all of these different things to look perfect or, or to numb it. It's too much. This week. Choose a safe person to be vulnerable with, whether like Tony said, it's a coach or a therapist or a counselor, or maybe it's, you know, the pastoral care team at your church. Mm -hmm. Reach out because you've been caring a lot for a really long time. And the breakthrough is on the other side of you being able to begin the release of all of that. Yeah. And so as you go through this week, vulnerability is, it's a big one. And it's not something that I'm going to say you're going to happen. It's going to happen out of nowhere. There are definitely going to be steps you're going to have to take. And the big thing is that you, you take those that you, you stand up and you go, you know what? I'm going to, to allow myself to take off the masks that I've been wearing. And when you do that, the breakthrough will begin to happen. You got, you got to keep on pressing. And as a spouse, I want to share this real quick as a spouse who's receiving this message from your, your spouse. They're coming to you. They're, they're, they're basically, they're, they're going, here's my heart in my hand. I am sharing this with you. Don't reject them in that moment. That's why we talked about rejection last week. 
Don't reject them in that moment. Allow them to open up because what they may have to share and what they may have to unload right now may need somebody beside them to just hold them or right in front of them, just hugging them and loving on them. You may not even have to say anything in that moment. Allow them to go there with you. I'm telling you, as the two of you do this, your marriage is going to explode. It really is. I believe the foundation to many of our marriages and having the breakthrough that we need to have is in being vulnerable with one another. So don't take this this one episode and, and listen to it once and then just go, oh, that's good. That's for somebody else. No, it's for you today. It's for you today to go, Where am I willing to step and be vulnerable with my spouse? We love you guys. We're excited for you. We're excited for you to to take off the mask, to be open, honest, and transparent with one another in all areas of your marriage. Love you guys. Have a fantastic week, and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.